0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Bradley with a rainbow three. Pat Bradley in the Zone is brought to you by River City Flooring. Bradley off the screen for three. Is he going to miss? He's been terrific. This first River City Flooring. The only thing better than their selection is their service. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com. RiverCityFlooringInc.com.
1: Yeah, jump around, grab a pump the sound. Big big man's in town. Let's bring him in, PB.
0: What's up? How are you?
1: What, what's going on? What is going on?
0: Oh man, $10. just loaded today. We're at, we're out at Chennault Country Club for the Bolo Bash. I know you know all about Ooh. Bolo Bash and how big it is for Baptist Health, a big golf tournament. But doing the Love show it. out here today and. I mean, it has been just one. And then we lucked into getting Greg Sankey on at uh, 11.15. Uh, he's flying into Little Rock today to speak to the Little Rock Rotary Club. And so we got a late addition and got him on the show and Trey Knox. I mean, it has just been one right after the other today. And I want to thank you for uh, moving your time around so that we could get the commissioner
1: on. Oh, buddy, no problem. So he is speaking uh, at the Rotary Club, not the Touchdown Club. Yes,
0: yes. No, the Rotary Club, Touchdown Club was yesterday. Right. We had Urichek yesterday and uh, Sankey
1: today in town. How about that, Little Rock rolling. Well, that's good. Well, it's good to, to be able to get the old Comish coming through town. So that'd be good. What uh, well, he's got a lot, <laughs> a lot going on, doesn't he? Oh my goodness. I
0: mean, he he was he just started kind of listing some of the things and you think about it. I mean, we started with the college football playoff and then with expansion in the SEC with Texas and OU coming, but with them coming that means you <laughs> got to change your schedule up and that's something they're still working on. And he, he was said, you know, people want and they need to, you know, it's like your check told us he's not scheduling any future games right now. They're they're just sitting pat until they know yeah. What they have on what the schedule is going to look like. You can't go out and schedule future non conference games when you don't know how many non conference games you're going to have. And so there is yeah. a you know, Sankey knows on one hand they need to get this figured out, but on the other hand, you know, he he knows he needs to be patient and the, the because the landscape of college football is ever changing. And so you don't want to do something that you may have to just go back and fix later anyway. So it right. is a, he, he's
1: got a lot on
0: his plate w-
1: to answer your question. I, you know, there's a there's a lot changing and a lot moving, and the one thing that I I, I I hope is that you know you can kind of keep things as I say fair when it comes to scheduling as possible, because when you add in Texas, Oklahoma, if you go to if you keep the East-West divisions, and that's gonna we're assuming they would be West. Opponents. So, I mean, so... Well, the, the,
0: well wait, he's the, talking, the Pat, is that there's it.
1: not going to be an East or West. There's just going to right. be okay. one
0: division, and it's going to be one 16-team conference. And, you know, there are several different models, and it seems like the, the they're leaning towards having nine conference games, and you'll have three common opponents every single year, and then the rest of the teams will rotate on and off your schedule. And so that... The longest you'll go without playing a team would be four years.
1: So that's right. kind of where they're leaning right now. I, I mean, that's something that I've said for many, many years is is the idea of, that you don't really need east-west. I get it that it's it's uh, cyclical. There were times where the east was so strong and then the west was strong. Uh, but I, I do look at it as it not having to be a necessity there's many, many ways to do it, and yes, I think as long as you can kind of. I know people talk about rivalries, um, however, you you know you can you you can still have that, and sustain that. But also, just look at what's happened with Texas. I mean, who would have thought when we left the SEC and didn't play Texas for so long, and everybody was thinking of those types of rivalries? Well, you fast forward. I know it's been what 30 years, but you're right back to getting back to that rivalry again. So I think, you know, there's, there's new rivalries and there's a way to keep the old ones too. The, the one thing that I'm curious, if there's going to be, when it comes to non-conference games, will there be some sort of um, a guideline or a rule put in place for who you can and can't schedule? I know Nick Saban's talked about not scheduling some of these games where the score is 60-0 to zero and things like that. Um, and I wonder if maybe there's going to be a, a, a relationship in the future with another conference, kind of like how the basketball does the Big 12, SEC, sort of maybe, the, you know, moving forward, it's like, okay, we've got a league schedule, and you we, we've got this relationship with the Pac-12, or whoever it is, that will be one of your non-conference, and then – you know, you, you schedule who you want, maybe. Um, moving forward, just to, to add to add a little bit to the spice of scheduling.
0: Yeah, I know there was like a mandate at one point where you had to play a uh, a power five school uh, that SEC right. they wanted for strength of schedule. You had to go out and play that. That's a great question, Pat, because you wonder now if if you go to nine conference games and then you make them play another power five, that's 10. Well, some teams, you know, with that, you know, could, like Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, you know, Clemson and South Carolina, they've already, already, that's their power five, or they have to add another one, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you talk about a brutal schedule right there. So I wonder if they wouldn't drop that mandate since you would only have three non-conference games and so that you know your strength of schedule is already going to be brutal, uh, you know, very strong because
1: of the SEC game. So I don't know. that is but is a, there a, good is there a team – can you think of, uh, of, of this year, is there an SEC football team outside of conference play that has – like what's the weakest non-conference games that um, – mm. And that's, I mean, I'm assuming, I, I don't know maybe who like Vanderbilt has scheduled, but because when you think of obviously the Hogs have just, and, and I know it, it maybe, I don't know when they scheduled at BYU in Cincinnati, but obviously it's one of the tougher non conference schedules you can have. Um, so I'm curious if, if if there will be, you know, what. Like I said, I mean, if you don't have that rivalry, like Florida, Florida State, what what is our biggest out of conference rival? Do we have an out of conference rival? Can we play Memphis? Would that be a um, one to bring back, or we sort of always trying to schedule year by year for for a tough out of conference? I'd like to have a, I'd like to see Oklahoma State actually. That'd be a fun.
0: Well, I know they're coming on the schedule. They've got that in the future. That's one of those. But um, I'm a I, think, I can't remember what exactly Hunter said.
1: Of playing your regional um, rivalries. I think that's that's just a built-in excitement of the game, the regional rivalry. Obviously, we're going to be playing Oklahoma and Texas, but um, – are we ever going to get no Dame? I'll tell you back this after no. hearing. It's never going to
0: happen. Yes, uh, that is already set, and we talked to uh, Hunter Yurchek about that yesterday. Those two dates are set. I think I think he's like 27 and 28. You know, COVID wiped out the 2020 game, but they, that's already been done and rescheduled. I don't. I guess I just missed it, or maybe that was some breaking news that he told us yesterday. But um, he, uh, but he, he said, you know, right now they're just putting a hold on future games. They're scheduled out for a while. So, yeah. uh, but he just can't. He can't go and add more games until he knows for sure how many non-conference games they're going to have in the future. Once Texas and OU join the conference, um, yeah, I guess you can't I, really wait. I, until I was looking at some of these
1: conference, right?
0: Right, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, you gotta, you gotta wait and see. Hey, I thought about Sunday. I was sitting around and we had uh, the Patriots and Steelers on here in Little Rock. Uh, that was. Uh, had To have it, man. Patriots had to have that one.
1: They did have to have They came through, wasn't pretty. Um, I don't know. If we believe it in Miami, though. That's 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 the question I got. <laughs> Do we, does anybody know? Uh, think... uh, for sure. <laughs> that
0: offense, Pat, is so much fun to watch with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I mean, yeah. he has got weapons now. And, and t- I saw this yesterday, and I thought it was the coolest thing. A guy went and reversed the video or flipped it and it made mm-hmm. Tua right-handed and it, oh, he geez. just looks so much better as a right-handed quarterback you're just like <laughs> that's why he looks odd because he's left handed it just looks weird right. with him throwing it but when when they reversed that video flipped it and he was throwing it right-handed you're like wow looks like a normal quarterback now I, I'm buying <laughs> Miami I think they have yeah. a, an explosive offense and their defense is uh is pr- pretty good I know uh and Lamar Jackson exposed them on uh, on Sunday. But I, I think they, the Dolphins have a chance. I think they are a playoff team.
1: Mm, wow. Wow. That would be huge, especially all of the discussion of Tua. Can he handle it? And I think, you know, everyone forgets he was injured when he came into the NFL. So um, everything sort of come, came together for him this season, got the right coach. But they had – the other thing, too, at Miami, they had so much drama in the offseason. Most people forget about that, too. So they've done a real good job of putting that aside and focusing um, and focusing on the season. So we'll see. It's going to be a tough AFC East. It's tough. Buffalo still looks good. Um, Jets got to win. Jets. Now we definitely don't believe in the Jets. Come on, <laughs> Wes.
0: I believe they're better.
1: Yeah, I was. You know, there was. I almost thought uh, for a minute, Jimmy G, when he. I mean, what are the chance? What are the? Ch- I don't know if that just goes to show you. You gotta have that. Spend the money for that kind of a backup. When Trey Lance goes down, Jimmy G takes over. That was the other thing that just. St- I mean, it stood out to me from NFL Sunday was Jimmy G coming back and taking care of business. That that to me was wild. I think they're a better team with him as a quarterback. Uh,
0: now, I know the ceiling is it's, higher, you know, maybe yeah. in the future, but for now, right now, they're a
1: better team. And that's the crazy thing is like he'll play the rest of this season and they probably <laughs> they're still going to try to trade him or is his contract was he on a one-year deal, I'm not sure if he's going to but he's probably not going to be in a 49ers uniform next year. I mean, no matter how good he plays, it's so wild because, yeah, I think you're right. They maybe it's the the ceiling that they think he has. Although they've they've been knocking on the door with him for many years, you know, for a few seasons. So it's it's wild how that all is going to work out because he's really now playing for another team next year. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's
0: playing for a a, a new contract and to attract yeah. somebody else. You're, you're exactly right. No, that's it's it. That's wild. it. Wild. Hey All Pat. Right, Pat, we'll let you go. Yo. Oh, what do you got, All right, Chris? Um,
1: I wanted to ask if you were for or against the uh, straight to high school rule in the NBA, since that's likely to be changing here in the near future. I know. I've always been for it, um, just because it it it's it's a it makes things I think a lot simpler and cleaner. Um, selfishly, I've been for it so that we have the ability to watch Anthony Edwards play against that kind of a talent. We get a chance to see him play in a college game against guys his age. And I, I do think it, it makes things simpler, though, because now you don't have – for, for like the, the schools and um, just because a guy can – you know he's going straight to the NBA. There's no one-stop here and – it's 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 great. I think the whole experience is great for everybody. I think it's great for the student. I mean, I think it's great for the player. I think it's great for the school. But there's really not a need for it. Um, if but then again, if I'm the NBA man, I, I don't. I won't mind having one kid spend a year in the NBA just to get a little bit of understanding of who he is at 17, 18. You know, we saw what happened with Imoni Bates. Um, you know, you, that's going to affect him. And, I. you know, that, that could be some good intelligence that the NBA got on him um, for him doing that one year in college. But I knew we we'd go back to it. All right, boys. Pat, have a good day.